generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome and you're listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast, keepthechange.co.nz. Mikey, finally got you sitting across from me again. We're it has back, been some baby. time. Yeah, how you been? Good, man. Fuck, it's been a... I feel like I haven't been here for uh Hang on, let's just get this shit sorted, eh? <laughs> They're good, man. It's because i got a fat face that so the mic doesn't reach around. We're a bit out of touch. Yeah, it's been maybe rusty. three weeks, maybe longer. Longer, yeah. man. Yeah. Where are we? Should we just turn this up? Hello? Yeah, that'll do. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> Here we go. Good man. You've been keeping well. Yeah, it's been a, a wild few weeks. Eh? Like I went to Christchurch for the first time in my life about eight weeks ago and we're opening an office there next week. Wow, you signed a lease? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, into it. So yeah, new brand new building, uh, met up with some people who want to join down there and just starting to build some relationships and hopefully take over the region. <laughs> Far out. I yeah. saw this morning, just before I forget, somebody... In an article who's recently gone to a mortgage a mortgage advisor and they didn't realise that anyone can go and see a mortgage advisor. They thought you had to pay, so they'd been putting it off and they went and they actually learnt things that they didn't know were possible mm. and it sort of highlighted the value of going and speaking to somebody who knows a whole heap of shit that you don't know. Yeah, like half a mortgage, a good mortgage broker's day um, is answering calls with people that like literally have no idea. Yeah, and sometimes we give them a plan because uh, they can't buy right now, and this is what you need to do. And other times it's like, oh, you can buy right now, and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can if you want. We can get this going for you. Get out there. It's a surprise, yeah. So, yeah, so it's pretty cool. The people of Christchurch are about to benefit from Guardian Smith and Mikey turning up in the area and uh, dropping a bomb in the a value bomb in the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully it's um it's a it's an interesting place. Say eh? it's all brand new. Mm, it's quite cool de- down there, right? Yeah, yeah. You can definitely uh, see, fuck, the government is plotting some money in there. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like, they can't stop now. Like, they're in so deep that they have to finish everything. Like, so I feel like, you know, build it and they will come. Yeah. It can only grow. Yeah, I've, I've, I know of a couple of people personally who have uh, moved down there recently mm. and, and rave about it. They've also had ties to it previously too. But, yeah, it's a popular city. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Canterbury region only has like a population of about 330,000. The region? On its own? Yeah, that's pretty small, eh? Really? Yeah. Wow. 
I'll have to get some Google. Go. Jamie, Google that. Yeah, like <laughs> Na- Napier Hawks Bay is uh, like 180,000, so it's not that much bigger than... Well, the Canterbury area is the second biggest consumption point for podcasts in New Zealand, including Keep the Change. So shout out to all our Cantabrians. Yeah. And fuck you for beating the Chiefs in the final. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just playing with you. But anyway, mate, we've been jet-setting around the world again. Couple Man. of privileged white dudes as we do, mate. Yeah, you know, yeah. just getting the jet and go. You went to some different places, eh? I did. Yeah, Man. I sort of followed in your footsteps and got across to Singapore. Yeah, and then I went to Bali. What did you think of Singapore? Amazing. It is, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, everyone says they go there and they feel safe, but to be honest, I feel pretty safe in Auckland. <laughs> I know you're going to laugh, <laughs> but I don't know. I think you say that because everybody does, but. Yeah, you do, I guess, but I was blown away how freely the traffic's flowing. You know, yeah. my mind goes to the weird shit. I'm like, where are all the cars? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was a little bit educated from when you'd been and you told me about how it's expensive to have a car. Yeah. So the roads worked really well. Taz and I jumped on a train, tapped it, 13 cents. Like, yeah. what? Uh, 10 cents for a bus, and we even missed our stop. And Did you buy a bottle of water? No. Oh, it's like 80 cents. Like, heaps oh, really? The, everyone, like... The, the main thing I got told is, like, get prepared for how expensive it is. But when I got there, I was like, oh, the stuff that, like, makes sense to me is priced right. Yeah. Like, water shouldn't be $6 a fucking bottle. No. In our, in our place here, you know. But over there, it's like, it makes sense. But if you go buy beer and shit, oof. Yeah. Yeah, we were about to get a beer before flying out to Bali. And I think it was $18 Singapore for a Corona, so roughly $20. And mm. knowing that you're about to go pay 3 bucks for a Bintang, you're thinking, I'm not paying for this beer. You can keep your beer. <laughs> yeah. And got up and walked out. Uh, yeah. yeah. But just the infrastructure, how quickly they've built it, went down a bit of a rabbit hole and just had a look at stuff. The The Marina Bay Sands area, if you haven't seen that, I guess if you Googled that, you will probably go like, oh, I've seen that somewhere. Mm. Um, they basically planned it all out. They, they built it in three years, but the first year – spent securing the ground because it's reclaimed land you know i don't even understand that shit so i was having to watch what engineers were doing to yeah. pull all the water out to then be able to i'm like what the fuck like how do you guys know how to do this stuff and they did it all in two years right in the middle of the gfc as well so there was is this going to go ahead is it not and they made it happen Sixteen and a half thousand workers on site and feeding them all day in day out so that they could just keep things going just yeah, fascinating. But obviously a lot of a lot of money. Uh, one of the takeaways that I had was, you know, I feel like in New Zealand the conversation's just getting louder and louder about the, the wealth gap and stuff, mm. and we think that that's just New Zealand, you know, and it's mm. it's fuck the rich and the wealthy, and they, you know, where there's heaps about they're not paying their fair share of tax, whatever fair share means. <laughs> um, you know, 50% of Kiwis don't pay any tax because they take back working for families, tax credits and different tax credits, is that fair? Oh, well, of course it is. Oh, but then the rich aren't paying their fair. It's so confusing, right? But then you get to somewhere like Singapore and people are like, oh, have you heard about the billion-dollar um, anti-money laundering issue that's going on here at the moment? You're like, wouldn't have a clue what you're talking about. Oh, that $22 million home down there, that's probably caught up in it. Oh, okay, <laughs> wow. Yeah, probably that one around the corner as well. You're just like... <laughs> uh and that's Singapore dollars. And then you dr- you go around some of these places, and they've got these Lambos, Bentleys, and shit just in their front yard. But then they've got the real practical people mover as well. <laughs> what probably gets used, <laughs> yeah. but they have these toys, and you think that is, you know, that is quite common here. Yeah. <laughs> but the cost of that would be way dearer than here yeah. because of all the taxes and stuff to have them. So you. 
thinking how do they make sense of of doing that and and how are they making this money what are they doing how wealthy are they and it's just again like a good reminder of well you can complain about what it's like here and how it's unfair the distribution and stuff but you go to other countries and you realize just the same thing but probably on a way bigger scale yeah that's probably one of my favorite parts of my travel over the last couple of years is like rearranging your uh, sort of beliefs because like there's not like when you go to Singapore you realise that like there's not really rich people here <laughs> yeah like there's a waterfront there where like uh, like 19 billionaires are neighbours or something it's like we don't even have 19 billionaires on our rich list <laughs> like they're neighbours over there it's fucking wild eh like the uh, yeah just the even the Apple store on the water. I'm like, why is, why is the Apple store on the water over here? <laughs> just in this glass bubble. I'm like, this is just it's too yeah, much. Man, it's but everyone was really friendly. You can get up really high everywhere. I love that. Mm. You can go to like level 33 bar, have a beer, look yep. out. You can go up to Marina Bay Sands. Marina Bay Sands is actually, I think, is cards stacked against each other. And then you know how you put a card on top of cards when you place them together? Oh, yeah. And then it, what it does is it creates like a tiny bend in the card which you can't see with your eye. But that's sort of the bend in the building. So that's what it cards. represents. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't fall over, right? Eh? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but even those domes where they have the gardens and stuff, I just think like what's cool is, and what I was really impressed by, and I think we're lacking here in New Zealand, is they've built shit that people want to go to. Mm. And people of all different um, nationalities, and they've got... The d- they've built the demand for people to want to go and see that and go and see a garden. You know, mm. we can go to a garden fucking anywhere here in New Zealand, right? Mm-hmm. But and I'm sure people do come to see these things. Well, maybe we just take them for granted here. But you go to this and you're like, whoa, it's inside this big dome. How'd they build this dome? Why'd they build this dome? Um, and happy to say as well, mate, that the fame extends to Singapore. Some bloke wanted a selfie with me inside yeah, the garden nice. dome on Snapchat. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> or what he was saying to me yeah, good. in his language, but. <laughs> There's, I don't feel like in New Zealand we're building any shit at the moment where you go, wow, that's going to be cool. In five years' time, people are going to want to come and see that from around the world mm. or whatever. You know, say the Sky Tower, for instance, is a, it's probably made me appreciate that a bit more, how we've got one thing where it's a bit of a tourist attraction in terms of a building. But over there, they've got all these pieces of infrastructure where you're handing over money, ridiculous mm. amounts of money, to go and stay at that affinity pool or yeah, in yeah. that building uh, or just to go up there and see it, to take a photo, to have a cocktail up there. It's quite wild, eh? I yeah. guess, I guess, like, without the engineering and the infrastructure that Singapore built, it was nothing. Mm. Like, it was just a pile of rainforesty, you know, bottom end of Asia or whatever. And the right people got in charge of it. Whereas here, we're kind of blessed with um, uh, natural beauty as well. Like, yeah, New Zealand's pretty special. Like, you go up to the far north and you can go to the east coast and west coast within, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. You have different, completely different beaches and, and you know, like, ocean experiences. Then you got the South Island with the island, uh, with the mountains and snow. And, yeah, I don't know. We've got a different set of stuff that we can lean on, but... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I do, just on that, actually, I want to make a point to say that I think it's easy when you listen to something like this and you... T- 
uh, hear someone talking about their travels, you think that they're then beating up on New Zealand, but you're just seeing it from a different lens. And one thing that I liked about Singapore is that when we were there, I think there had been an election uh, around their president. I didn't really understand that, but a number of Singapore flags everywhere, out mm. hanging in their windows, in their All apartment right. buildings, and very, very proud. Mm. Now, I can't remember how Conor McGregor says it, but he's talking about how in Ireland they went through very tough times and stuff, and he said that basically he was saying you shouldn't run down your home country because it does so much for you. And I think we all have to be mindful of that because it's very easy to do when things aren't going well. And then you go outside of your country, you see how other things are going. You're just taking snippets of it being like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, you don't see the back end, eh? Yeah. We drove around to see some of like the public housing and stuff in Singapore. And yeah, I still don't understand how it works to a, to a 100% detail, but... Basically, it's like government leased, and you still get a mortgage if you're a first homeowner, so you learn that way, but it's like discounted interest rates and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah, they, they back all of their people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised with, uh, like, didn't matter if I bumped into someone, like, in the city in a suit or, like, out in the retail stores, like, just working and grinding. They all had pretty good attitudes, eh? Very, very nice. Yeah. Um, if you walk into a retail store in New Zealand, you're like, "Oh, where is anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, is there anyone working here?" <laughs> and also that mall, I'm talking Gucci, Gucci for kids. There's like three of them, eh? It's unbelievable. It's like, hang on, I just went into fucking Gucci and the <laughs> other mall, and there's another one here. Like, it's fucking wild. <laughs> and people are in there spending. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> That's the sort of shit you see in your okie dokie. Mm. You know, this is very hard to comprehend this level of, of w- income and wealth. Yeah, yeah. What am I missing? You know, what? No taxes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. What is going on around here? Yeah. But no, and uh, enjoyed it, loved it. Would, if you ever get the chance, go there for a, two or three days, maybe. Mm. If it's if it's not your thing, I know people like go there and live there and stuff and say it's great. I've got family that uh, now live there and they've lived all around the world, say best place, hands down, by a mile. Yeah, I think it is just... For me, personally, like, I couldn't live there. I thought about it and, like, thought about the pros and cons. And, like, it is just a metropolis at the end of the day. And the engineering special, the infrastructure's great. The the operating is so mean, like, the fast driving and, you know, no traffic and stuff like that. But, like, I couldn't personally give up New Zealand's nature. Yeah. Yeah, which they don't have. They had, like, no fishing signs and shit. I was like, fuck that. The other thing as well is it's very close to heaps of different countries yeah, and nations. Yeah. So when I'm saying, oh, it's amazing that they want to build all this shit, and they did it, and they do it in two years. If you're an engineer and you live in France, and there's a project where you're going to build a fucking new green environment for the next 100 years or something, or do you want to go to New Zealand and help them build a tunnel? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, what? This, yeah, yeah. You know, so they can probably pull in some of the best and smartest minds from all over the world to it be is, there. It is uh, geographically fortunate where Singapore is in terms of their shipping like they nailed that like they spotted that and were like right we're going to become the one of the shipping hubs of the world and you know they've just creamed it off that which is great yeah um New Zealand can't do that no <laughs> we're close to Antarctica <laughs> well that's a bit of Singapore mate uh, and then you've been across the ditch to I went Sydney. to Sydney yeah yeah how were the Aussies yeah, good. I it's funny, eh? They recognise my accent straight. I, I'd say hello, and they'd be like, "Oh, Kiwi." <laughs> I was like, "Shit, is that that grunty, eh?" Yeah, but um, yeah, 
Um, I went to the UFC event, which unfortunately went to go watch Izzy and the boys. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, he lost that. It was a bit, bit sad, but the event's pretty clever, eh? Like, yeah, smooth operation. Very weird feeling. I'm used to watching it on, on like a pay-per-view event or whatever. Um, and you get commentary and stuff, and there's none of that. You're in a room with like 30,000 people or whatever, and there's silence until something happens, and then it erupts. Um, During the silent periods, there were definitely some Kiwis there because the main thing that got shouted out loud was up the waz. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty funny. (laughs) So uh, there were some drunk Kiwi boys there. Was Joe Rogan there? Does he like come down? No, he doesn't leave the US. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was, yeah, just an... Other guys, Daniel Cormier and stuff. But yeah, um, impressive event. Flowed really nicely. Very, very expensive. Is it? Yeah. So the the seats that we had, we're probably, we were in like the first level up. So we're looking down on the cage, probably like 20 rows back or something. Those were $1,800 per seat. Wow. And then New the, Zealand. Yeah. Yep. And then I think I had uh, maybe two CC drinks. Yeah. And they were sixteen fifty or eighteen fifty each. Shit. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a grunty event. They're creaming it off it. Yeah, yeah and it was packed. Good. It was packed. Absolutely jammed. Yeah, yeah. but Shit. smooth flowing. Heaps of um, very organised. Lots of uh, little extracurricular things outside to like spread the crowd and stuff. Yeah, it was it was an impressive event. Um, and then yeah, Sydney. I think it's quite expensive. Didn't notice it too much, but. Yeah, just like, it was like the same, but then you've got to convert, I guess. I had a, my mate's wedding in Sydney on the way back, mm. and I said to a couple of his mates when we were having a beer, <clears throat> excuse me, what is the thing that Australians whinge about? And he said, uh, interest rates and then cost of living. Yeah, yeah. it's identical. So like, we were sitting in our hotel room one morning, and I flicked on the news just to see what, like, just to compare, you know, just because I'm interested, and... They were launching their their almost carbon copy version of the first home partnership scheme that we have here. Oh, really? With the, with the government shared ownership stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck, it's just the same. Hey, eh? they printed too much money as well. <laughs> I I tell you one thing that I spotted when I was in Sydney. I don't know if I told you this, but we'll, we'll give the listeners the insight too. So I'm at Coogee Beach. That's where we were staying. Mm. Down from Bondi, brilliant beach. Got there Wednesday. Landed at 6 a.m. But at the beach by 7 a.m. Place is hissing. Such a good feeling of people are up. They're exercising. Same thing when you go to the mount, right? Or yeah, go to like Gold a Coast. beach. Yeah. And it's warm. And so you want to be outside. Mm. And people have got the rigs out. They're training. They're a phenomenal nick. Um, and then by midday, you know, the beach is packed. Everyone's enjoying it. People are swimming. But it's quietish because it's the middle of the week. Thursday, same thing. Friday, same. Th- uh, Friday, busier. People not even on the beach. They're lying in the grass, like up back from the beach. People got their laptops. They're working down there. Wow. I'm like, fuck, this is cool, man. Just getting some sun. I said to Taz, like, when we get home, we're moving to Takapuna. Yeah, this is such, I was just about to say, this is such a Luke vibe, eh? Yeah. <laughs> but you get back here and it's not as hot and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's probably why. But anyway, <laughs> come the Saturday, mate, same thing. And I noticed on the cafe during the week, bottom of the uh, menu, 10% surcharge on weekends, mm. 15% on public holidays. So that's random. You've mm. got to pay another 10% on the weekends. So I'd be interested to see how busy this place is come Saturday. Come Saturday, fucking absolutely packed. Yeah. <laughs> beach is just hissing as well. No shit, mate. I go down to the beach for a little bit. I'm <clears throat> facing the water. I've got a clear view to the water. I turn around to go on my front for a bit. Would have been all of two minutes. I turn around. There's a fucking family with a gazebo stood up in front of me. I'm like, how did that happen in two minutes? Absolutely rammed. Yeah. And 
Didn't hear like any complaining, nothing, whatever. Get home to New Zealand, same thing as you, flicked on the news, I'm like, right, what's been going on? Um, see a story on Sydney. There's a massive heat wave coming for Sydney. I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, fuck, it felt pretty warm when we were there. It was actually quite nice. But they were doing some controlled burn-offs and stuff, getting ahead of it, smart, you know, pro- um, proactive. Interview two people on the beach. First thing, two young girls in bikinis in the sun. Yeah. I'm oh, just so scared. It's just really scary. Yeah, I'm just scared. <laughs> shit. Dude lying down on the beach. Well, just shows you, eh? Climate change, yeah? That's that's as far as the story goes. <laughs> then it's like, oh, 10,000 people plus running the Sydney Marathon today or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But... So I'm like, scary. I've just been in Sydney, yeah, and no one was talking about how scared they were or mentioned climate change. In nothing. Fact, they were loving it. They're on the beach. They're fucking running. They are having. They're yeah. happy. Yeah. They're out spending. They're at the cafe next to the beach, <laughs> and then you watch that twenty second snip, and you're like, oh Jesus, people in Sydney are scared and fucking worried about climate change, whilst lying back on the beach yeah. with one arm behind your head. You're like, <laughs> but the it was just like one of my first kind of back to New Zealand, and you're back into that. The big, na- just the narratives like coming towards yeah, yeah. you of, of this stuff. Um, you know, and I'm not saying, okay, like just, I'm not denying climate or anything like that, but could the story be people are out enjoying the, the heat uh, down at the beach? <laughs> you know, look look at all of them. Not, that, that there was no, there was no photo of like all of the beach and all these tens of thousands of people down there. It's like two young girls that are in a bikini skied. Uh, what the hell? How, how is that the, <laughs> but, but that is the story. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Sydney, great place when we were there too. Yeah, yeah. And then you did Bali too, eh? So yeah, did Bali off the back of Singapore. Like polar opposite of Singapore, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Got there and... Can I just say, I feel like almost everyone I know has been to Bali this year. Really? Yeah, well, like I feel like I don't know anyone apart from myself that hasn't gone. Well, I think it's there's... wild. I actually don't know. I think the population might be, say, 4 million. And mm. I'm fairly sure whatever it is, they get more tourists in a year than their population. Wow. Yes. Huge. Yeah. And in COVID, it's shrank down to 100,000 people. So that economy must have gotten fucking Fuck, decimated. Yeah. And there was, I had a really good lesson on the way back to the airport. So shout out to one of the Keep the Change uh, listeners who sent me a message and said, I've recently been to Bali. If you need a driver, message this person. They're an absolute weapon. Whoa, cool. Yeah, so we did message them, and yep, we can pick you up, we can take you to the airport, whatever you need, happy days. So <laughs> got yarning to him. He's like, oh, this is just a bit of extra income for me. I'm like, my man's doing some side hustling. Yeah. So I'm a full-time driver for a family who work here, uh, oh, yeah, who work here, and French and Russian couple, they stayed during the pandemic. He, sa- he said, I don't know what they do, but they talk about trading a lot. Uh, <laughs> And, and he's shit. like, I had an early start because I had to take their boy to yoga this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but he was taking us to the airport at the end of his day. And I said, mate, like, how did you guys survive during COVID? And he's sort of like, well, we were just on whatever you could. And I said, well, did you get government support or subsidies? <laughs> were you guaranteed Were you guaranteed 80% of your wage? And then did you still complain? <laughs> And he's like, what, what, what the fuck are you on about, mate? You know, <laughs> and He said, no, we, we sell scooters. We sell anything we have that we don't need. Yeah. Um, we do work. He said, we weren't as impacted because the family that I worked for, they stayed, so I worked for them. And it just reminded me, there's a whole heap of people complaining about the cost of living and stuff now, which is fine because it sucks and it hurts. Yeah. But remember that we wanted the cheap money. We wanted the free money. Yeah, we yeah. wanted our incomes guaranteed. We did, and we went out 
You know, these guys were selling shit to get money. Yeah, we yeah. were getting money and going buying boats, upgrading yeah. our cars. <laughs> I'm fucking nipping down to find out what house I can buy this weekend. I'm going to go push house prices up. So we're now paying the price, uh, and now they're sort of on the other side going through this massive boom of everyone coming back. Mm. But they're happy, and they're just chipping away. Um, nice vibe there. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Everyone I've talked to that's been there sort of this year is just like, man, the people are nice. Yeah, I think... The like I came back really confused uh, because like why does New Zealand feel so hard? But you can't compare New Zealand to a Bali because they're just completely different. Mm. And one of the things, same as Philippines, you don't see a Lambo. You know, you don't see big material type things, yeah. and you realise like, oh, you can actually make your life really cheap. And there's some principles in there that you can sort of apply back over to your own life. So as an example, we're in uh, Changu, and it's just fucking hissing with scooters and stuff. Go to Uluwatu, which is a bit more beachy vibes and whatnot. And I, when we were going back to the airport, I said to the driver, how many scooters do you think there are in, the, uh, in Bali? And he was like, probably six million. Six million scooters. <laughs> Jesus. So you need a scooter for a mode of transport. That's yeah. it. It's a bit like buying a house to live in. Fucking strange concept. Instead of hoping it increases in value. Um, <laughs> and then never paying any tax on it. But they get there and then that's how they get around. They might double up. They might triple up. They might have their kids on there. Mm. But they're not thinking, I need to make 400k so that I can get my this vehicle or whatever. So they probably don't have that want for shit. They're just like, I just want to get around. But even then the people who go and live there and work from there, you know, they're not driving around in these flash cars because the roads can't take it. The roads are, yeah, like, tiny. Yeah, yeah. And so you're probably then removing all of those costs because you're not needing a fancy vehicle nor then paying for heaps of petrol to travel. You're nipping around on a scooter, and I had a look at a guy who's lived there for a number of years, and he said you might spend $12, that's US, so say let's say $20 a month on petrol. Yep. And your scooter. So yeah. there you go, 240 bucks, you like your total travel cost once you've got your scooter for the year. For the year. <laughs> yeah. And then you remove like all of that want. And one of the um, FAQs that I looked at when we first got there was how long can $100,000 last you in Bali? And oh, yeah. I, I clicked into the answer, it was like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's US dollars. But then it broke down, you know, how you could do that and what you could it's live wild, off. Wild, man. Yeah. So it just, again, makes you think way differently. And what is really interesting, much like uh, the Philippines, you've got all these people on scooters and stuff, and everyone's like tooting at each other just to let them know that they're there. No one's angry, barely saw an incident. A couple of times people like ran into the back of each other. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and they carry on. And it works. It just works. There's no rules, but it works. Yeah. Come back to New Zealand. First thing I do, take the Tesla, I'm sitting next to, oh, I'm behind a car that has to go next to a bus. Oh, fuck me, I don't want to go next to a bus, in a bus lane. <laughs> I don't want to stay in this whole lane that I've got for my car. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'm scared, I'll just let it get ahead a bit. The or- light goes orange, then red, all the cars behind it don't get to go. Yeah. You think, in Bali, A, there weren't no traffic lights. Yeah. Well, there are in some parts, but basically, people were just, they're just fucking crossing over, going everywhere. Yeah. And actually, Jade said to me when I was saying this uh, about to her because she's been over there she said yeah it makes you realise that over there they have to think Mm. and they think and they get it right and it works yeah well we've removed that here we're going the other way yeah like let's keep slowing everyone down putting in more barriers putting in restrictions so that so much so that they don't have to think yeah and then it doesn't work 
People don't like me because I'm such a big believer in personal responsibility. <laughs> well, yeah. That, yeah, that's pretty fucking odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got, I'm then driving home. I've told this yarn on a couple of pods now, but driving home, there's a dude on his phone, well-dressed, end of the day, walking across the middle of the road. And I've just come from Bali where you're fucking like, I need to get across this road real quick because there's scooters coming from all angles. Yeah, yeah. You have to think, and you've got to be like, okay, how do I cross the road? Thank fuck my parents taught me how to do this. Yeah. Um, and this dude's just on his phone, no awareness, no care for like cars, obviously, even though he's on a road. And so I give him like a quick toot, like, hey, mate, you know, this car going to come around this corner. And he's like, stone's just like, fuck off. <laughs> and he's just like, mate, it was so pent up and, and angry. It's like, mate, someone's oh. just giving you a warning so that you don't lose. You're like, what would you like me to do? And just like smack into you? Oh, sorry, mate, didn't see you on the road there. Nah, because it's built into the system now that that would be your fault and you'd get in trouble. 100%, especially so driving like, a Tesla that should stop me. <laughs> I'd have to turn off the uh, <laughs> secure safety feature. Yeah, so like now, because that was built in, now the person crossing the road subconsciously builds up an entitlement to its their space. Yeah, just like little things like that that you uh, find confusing. But we did some really cool stuff, and we then spent uh, you know a couple of days at different different places where you could you know hire a beanbag for a day and just basically sit on the beach, and people will bring you cocktails and food and stuff. And you, <laughs> you you can you can get through a bit of coin. Like you can do it cheap, but then you can also um, you know, you can, yeah. And I so what I did as well is I went through and I found. Some is YouTubers. This is this your notes from the trip? Oh, this is a money mail that I did, but I oh, made okay. some at the, the bottom to talk to you about. Now, I went and, um, oh, also, yeah, actually, I've got some examples here. I would have forgotten about these too. So I went and was like, I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm going to find some people that live here, like, see what they say about it. And there's one dude who, has, I think it's called Lost LeBlanc, 2.1 million followers on YouTube. Fuck. Sorry about you. Yeah. Here since 2015. Done a recent video about how much Bali's changed. Heaps of comments being like, yeah, bro, but you've done this. Like, you've fucking told so many people to come here. Now you're complaining about what tourism's done to a country. <laughs> yeah, really interesting that that's, yeah. and, and so much support for that and like likes and stuff. And we bumped into so many people from European countries like Netherlands and stuff like that. And I thought, oh my, wow, I didn't even think they'd be coming here. I mm. thought it would just be, everyone's like, oh, it's all Aussies. Well, yeah. it didn't really seem like that to us. Um, but he sort of summarized this because I was trying to think, I was like, what makes this place different? And what would this be perfect for? Because I said to Taz, you know, if we weren't going to have kids, for instance, you would go, you know what, like, fuck moving to Aussie and that stuff. Move here, learn a digital skill, spend a year or two learning that, much like uh, what Ryan's talking about on the pod, and then go and earn 100k US if you can, even 50k US, charge in in US dollars, and you would have so much money Mm. to live and you would just have a nice life by the beach. You don't need all the flash cars and stuff. Find some accommodation. Zip around on your scooter. You can, amazing like fitness facilities and stuff like that. But you could find your thing uh, if you're into it. And then I just thought, it's just such a good break to get out of the the New Zealand vibe at the moment and, and the Western type mm. just shit that's going it's on. pretty attractive. Yeah, no one's talking about it. And yeah, it was just... And so this is what kind of was going through my head. And I also also was thinking, why I was so confused is it seems like here everybody is struggling or feels like they can't get ahead. And I think in a nutshell, it's basically the cost of property. And so if you don't have a property, you're like, fuck, I need to buy. 
And I read an article this morning talking about that exact thing about how first home buyers have got an increasing percentage of purchases at the moment, um, and it's like they've they've got their chance. You've got to take your chance because your, your chance <laughs> is here at the moment. Yeah, and we're like, why are we fucking teaching people? You know, we're we're basically pushing them into the FOMO funnel of like, you can hurry up, like get this done. <laughs> and so you're in a race to get onto the property ladder, and then you get on the property ladder, and you're like. Great, now I've got a debt for 30 years, yeah. or whatever it is. And then you've got to iterate from there and go, okay, how am I going to, what am I going to do differently to this? But, you know, that's not, so I think that that makes life in New Zealand quite heavy uh, because that's literally like your journey is mapped out for you and you're racing to try and get to mortgage free or to get to some equity so you can do something differently. Mm. And we've talked about that a thousand times in different pods with different angles, but over there, I didn't hear people talking about fucking owning a home or whatever, but I've been there for seven days and, you know, I'm not asking people, hey, do you desire to... But anyway, this guy basically summed up this video and he said, Bali is still a perfect place for these three types of people. One, digital nomads. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, perfect. Um, So the likes of like Josh, for instance, could go and work there Mm. and do his YouTube stuff, like he said, on his pod. Yeah. and, And do that, do that easily. And two... People tired of woke Western politics. I thought, hmm, interesting. Mm. Because it's kind of what I was thinking. Like, it's been good to get a break from the New Zealand stuff. Yeah. And well, like you say, there's no road rules. Yeah. So you're forced into personal responsibility because if you don't take personal responsibility, you'll crash and get hurt. And no one's going to care. No. no. They're just going to keep driving. Yeah. You just go to their destination. Yeah. Yeah. And the third one. Dangerous freedom, I call it. Dangerous freedom. Yeah. Nice. The third one, families who can one day own their own home. <laughs> like that was his summer, and I thought, wow, that's an American living in Bali, yeah, doing yeah. really well. Yeah. And I thought, that's kind of the things that my brain was trying to work out what is different about this place. But here's another example for you back. So, so how we now look at the world versus then going to Singapore. Taz and I walk past this toilet. It says, handicapped toilet. Taz and I both like, fuck, you can't say fucking handicapped toilet. Like, holy shit, they've got a sign up saying they've got a sign up saying handicap. Yeah. But they don't care. Yeah, yeah. And then It's wild, eh, that we've come to this. <laughs> fuck, you're making me sad now. Sorry, mate, sorry. <laughs> you don't even have to give me your comments, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but then the next thing, I'm walking into the toilet. This lady's walking ahead of me. I'm like, oh, you're going into the men's. And then I'm like, oh fuck. Probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> Probably not. Mate, she, can fucking, she might be male. Shit. Let her do what she wants. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, so, sorry. And then her friends, this Asian lady, who are like saying something and like getting really loud. And then she's like, oh, sorry. And then she's like turns around <laughs> and starts backing up. Yeah. You know, my brain's going to like, oh, my God, I've just defended this person. You're not allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> but I think that's a good example of then you go to a Singapore, a Bali, and you're like, ah. Oh, that mm. they're not like that's not how they see the world. That's not what they're thinking about. But the melting pot that we're in, or mm. whatever it is, like whatever we're being told and trying to be mindful of and be a good inclusive person and stuff like that, then your brain is like worrying about that self censorship, man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's just fucking confusing. But it, you start to see some of those things. Um, yeah. There's a few places I've quite liked because of the no rules, eh? Like, I go to, I haven't been for a while, but I go to this place called Norfolk Island, which is, like, a cool place to go fishing. Yeah. But, like, 
we go get like go down to the wharf at night and fish. And it's changed a little bit now, but like we'd get fucking hammered and drive back. And <laughs> <laughs> 200 k's an hour. <laughs> no, over the jet, you no can't. Bus. You can't. Yeah. Like it's the the roads aren't safe enough to do that. Yeah. But you'd go fishing on the on the rocks, and it would be like cliff cliffs to go down to fish. And like, there's no coast guard coming to save you. Yeah. Like if you fall off, you're fucked. So like, don't fall off. Yeah, gotcha. And like that, it took. It takes a while coming from where we live and there's fucking hand railings around the waterfront. Yeah. You know, like it takes a while to get used to that. And after after a while you you start becoming comfortable and remembering that you can fucking balance <laughs> and you can take responsibility. Um and it's the same thing like in when I was in Croatia and we were on one of the islands called Var and you're driving around and there's like no barrier on on the road. So mm. you look down and it's just like there is a there is a car down there that's rusted because someone drove off and died. Yeah. That's that's better to see that than the railing, you know. It's like don't drive off there, <laughs> and I kind of like that stuff. Like it's, uh, I don't know, it makes you be more responsible in a way than being like, oh, there's a railing there, it'll save me. Yeah. I, I, nah, if Luke crashes his Tesla into me, he'll go to jail. So it's all good. <laughs> it'll I'll just, be I'll his just, fault. I'll just waltz. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just walk in the middle of the street, and you know, on my phone, slowly stopping cars from going to where <laughs> they need to get to on yeah. the road. Fuck them! Yeah, I I'll definitely know what you mean. I don't know. I don't quite know how to explain it, but it is refreshing, eh? Well, yeah. My summary is basically, it's so like if you get the opportunity, just get out of your environment. Mm. I always say this: like, change your environment, change your results. Mm. And what that means is, like, say we went to Singapore, we would have different results. Say we went and lived in Bali, we would have different results. Mm. We would literally probably revert back to okay, how do I find um, shelter? safety, some food, some water, get some basic necessities, then you'd be like, I need to figure this place out, we're going to get some fast-paced internet, how can I add value, where can I make some cash, what are other people doing, what ideas can I get, and then fucking bang, you'd be off down the path. Yeah. And you'd get completely different results. You probably wouldn't be doing a stack of mortgage meetings, you'd, you'd find something else no. to do, <laughs> much much like I would too. And you, I think someone said to me, like, in New Zealand it feels like a lot of people at the moment are that boiling frog situation where they're like slowly being boiled into this new form. Yeah. But they, but it takes you almost to get out of that pot just for a little bit into a Sydney, a Bali, a Singapore and just go, whoa, what's happening here? Mm. And you know, Bali, um, you know, she's asking me, this driver's asking me, do you have electric cars in New Zealand? You know, do you, uh, what, what? Uh, do I what? It stops <laughs> me from hitting the pedestrians. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, do you what, what? What currency do you use? Do you have your own currency? Yeah. Is a hundred dollars a lot of money in your country? You know, no idea. Used to be. You know, yeah. <laughs> what's the main? What's the main export? Oh, well, you know, we do, well, you know, what keeps people? Because I was asking what how people are employed over there, and she's saying, oh, um, you know, what about in New Zealand? I said, oh, there's a lot of farming. Oh, you're still farming the rice? Yeah. No, well. <laughs> Not quite, yeah, yeah, not not so much of the rice farming going on, but you know they've got no idea about New Zealand, yeah, yeah. That we are fucking, we're the center of the universe and so important, and um, yeah, all this great, stuff. Man, I I took a long time off going traveling because to like sort out my personal financial position, yeah. But man, it has been I think beneficial for me once I could afford to go and do a couple of them, eh? Yeah, just to like. It completely, re- how do you, it's not reset you, but it completely like shakes you up and it's like, fuck, you're not that important. Your country's not that important. Just do a, go and do a good job. And because every 8 billion other people in the world is fucking doing the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you 
Go back to New Zealand. Play the cards you're dealt. Play them well. Otherwise, stop fucking complaining and fuck off. Boom. <laughs> there he is. I don't know. That's yeah. the kind of what I feel like it's done for me. On the way over as well, sat next to an older guy. And we said, you know, where are you going, Kiwi guy? Um, oh, going to meet my mates to, for the World Cup for a few months. Mm. Fucking beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You know, to get yourself in a position to go and be able to so do that. Cool. Might be in your retired years and stuff. And I think... You know, there's a lot of Kiwis that are like, oh, no, if I can contribute to KiwiSaver, oh, fuck, I'll worry about my retirement later, all that stuff. All good and well to get to 65, have a freehold home, but then have no money. Like, what do you do? Mm. You know, you can't go and go, you think, oh, I would have always loved to have gone to the World Cup in my life, but I can't afford to. Mm. You you know, you don't maybe you don't need to go to the next Rugby World Cup, but maybe you want to go in your lifetime at some stage. Mm. So what's your plan to be able to put yourself in that position to do that? And this has also got me thinking about that person, I'm going to meet my mates over there. Yeah, yeah. This is why the concept of be careful who you hang around with. Because if you hang around with other people who don't have goals to do cool shit, to then build plans to figure out how to do it, that's probably what your life's going to end up like too. So, you know... That person's built a friendship group and got around people where they can do that and they can afford to do that and they've obviously taken actions to allow them to do that. They're not hanging around with people that are like, ah, why do you want to go over there for? What a fucking waste of money. Oh, you're fucking privileged getting to go to Europe for three months. Whatever, you know, all of that shit. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I better not do any like stuff to get myself in a position to do that. So, yeah, that was just like an interesting little thing at the start of the trip where I thought, wow, you know, that's a pretty cool thing Mm. to be able to do and it's not like he was bragging about the fact he's about it. it's just normal for this dude yeah yeah and it thought, should be though well yeah yeah you shouldn't be scared to be able to say that no <laughs> no you know like it's it should be okay to do that yeah but yeah, yeah you know think about think about what things that like, you want in your life and then how can you reverse back and and how long can you give yourself to to do it it doesn't need to be you know we're caught in the trap of putting everything on finance and getting it now but those big trips and shit, that they'll fucking financially ruin you doing that. If you yeah, try yeah. and go to the World Cup for a, for a month, you'll come back with 15 Gs of debt. Easy, if you don't have money. Easy, man. I wanted to go to the Las Vegas Formula One, which is the first one this year. And, like, literally a long weekend was going to be 30 grand. Yeah. So, like, I can pay for it, or you can be like, I really do want to do that. Let's use Afterpay. And, like, you just get smoked if you eventually. didn't have that sort of day. Yeah, and then eventually you come back and you're like, okay, now I'll pay it off 1000 a month over 30 months. <laughs> You've got to think about that yeah, yeah. for 30 months. Run the calculations. Yeah, it? every month. And you don't know what you're going to want to do in that next 30 months. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, it's yeah, terrifying. But obviously at the moment, like, a lot of people can't afford the travel, and travel's become very freaking expensive as My well. God, has it was. Yeah. My, uh, my last-minute decision-making on going halfway across the world next week has gone out the window. Eh? I actually yeah. have to plan this shit now. Yes. And yeah. all of us should be thinking like that. Okay, practically do this. Um, so what I was going to say is that you may not be able to do that yet. Perhaps go and look at some of this stuff on social media or like learn about different countries and their economies and the way money works and stuff in different countries. The other thing that I grappled with whilst I was over there is has social media and the access to content made travel better or worse. Now, I think a lot of people, by the time you get somewhere, you're like, I've already seen this fucking 26 times on TikTok, mm. on YouTube. Luke's watched the documentary on how they built it. And you get there, and and can you enjoy it as much as if you just stumbled across it? Mm. And I think there's a real fine balance between yeah. 
like traveling and just trying to be there, be present and see stuff and stumble across stuff versus, yeah. oh, I've ticked off the fucking Coliseum because I saw 64 people go there on in my friendship group on Facebook and I thought I better too. It's really hard to video culture though, eh? Because that, yeah. that's like the biggest difference as I notice is like uh, collective behavior as a, as a country is something that I really like the feeling of at different places. You know, like, um, organization levels like we can talk about Singapore and how smooth it runs and everything but until you're there and you see the difference it's like yeah you can watch that shit but you can't actually like feel it and it does I, I remember thinking I was like fuck it's cool yeah and I was like you can't get that off a video or, nah. a, or a blog post or something like that yeah so there are parts of it um, but yeah I mean also sometimes you can't get the uh, the size of things like, if you go see the Coliseum in real life, you're like, oh, shit. True. You know, like, the postcard picture or the video, you know, whatever, looked big, but this is fucking, like, how the fuck did they do this with their hands? Yeah. Like, we have cranes and shit now, you know? Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty wild, and I think certain parts just can't be captured in a video. Yeah, and I think in a contracting economy, in a environment where we have had two years of solid inflation, we feel like it's tough. We don't seem to be, you don't look outside and be like, oh, yeah, we've nearly finished that new fucking something over there. That's going to be great when that's open. Yeah. But maybe there is, maybe it's just like my bubble uh, that I don't see that stuff. But have a look at what other countries are doing and what they've been able to build and create. And because often I talk about builders on this podcast and I think people mean, I think that I mean like a builder with a hammer and a nail. I mean people who can build shit. Yeah, yeah. Whether that's an engineer, an actual builder, a fucking nurse who can rebuild someone's life, a doctor, um, an entrepreneur, people who literally bring things to creation mm. and reality. I think that's the sort of stuff we want to be. They invent productivity, man. Yeah. Thin air. They're like, oh, I wonder if I can do this. Let's go. Yeah. You know, yeah. turning wood into a table, you know, for instance, mm. just something where you're going, someone else is going to need this. You know, I think those are the skills that are, should be celebrated mm. and, we, and we need more of. Yeah, less email jobs, eh? Yeah, fucking accountants. Yeah, <laughs> mortgage brokers. <laughs> <laughs> but you go across the world and you see, or just a different place, and you're like, whoa, how did they build that? Even when I was in Bali, I was like, how did they know how to build a bridge? Like, who built bridges first? Like, did in all these different countries, yeah. it's probably a massive tangent, but did they, those then lessons go to different countries and then we started refining it from there? It's, just too, it's too much for me, mate. It's sheltered in Danny Burke, isn't it? It is, mate. It is. It's too much for me. But anyway, mate, I had a good time. Sounds like uh, you had some good insights over yeah, there. Yeah, I'm popping off to the Gold Coast for 10 days too soon, mate, just to actually un- unwind. Yeah. yeah. Have, have, so. a, have a reset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get some good warmth in. Be careful, mate. Uh, there's a heat wave coming for uh, Gold I'm Coast. Scared. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You should be nervous, scared. Yeah. Go and have a look at all the scared people on the beach enjoying themselves. Um, I actually... Um, added some money for my carbon tax for my flight so that'll help stop that you're a good guy mate i appreciate you doing that righto we'll see you on the next episode of the keep the change podcast if you haven't already leave a five-star review we've stored on 1800 on spotify Mm. come on come on